0: Lot Talk Radio.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the CAC Show. I am your host, Fringe Zilla.
2: And I am Gene Hoyle.
1: And Gene actually is involved in a project that I'm really excited to start talking about, which we will in a few minutes here when our other incredible guest calls in. That would be our good friend Aaron Pierce. And uh, what are we going to be talking about, uh, uh, Gene? I believe it's called... Uh,
2: Gateway Runners. Gateway it Runners. Is, uh, a, yeah, kind of a neat book that Aaron is uh, Aaron's doing a great job on.
1: Now, I've liked the page on Facebook, and I know a little bit about it myself, but uh, can you give us, like, a really quick uh, uh, rundown of, uh, you know, kind of, like, what the story's about?
2: Sure. Um, the the basic gist of it, and I'll, I'll try not to take, like, three hours to do this, like, podcast is over, <laughs> crap. Um, the the short version <laughs> is w- we have a world that's kind of on the fringe of, the, um, of the, like the Star Trek future, the, the utopian society, but we're not there yet. We've uh, colonized Mars, but we don't have fast and light travel, so there's a separation between the two worlds. Um, there are these individuals who find out they can not control but the predict these gateways between worlds, and so they want to try to bring the two worlds together, but there's a lot of people that don't want that to happen, and so they have to deal with uh, uh, all sorts of opposition in order to, uh, to get us to where we need to be to get to the next point in society.
1: Well, you know, I, I, one thing that I will say is I'm a huge fan of Aaron's work. He's actually done a cover for one of my books. And, you know, you can go on Facebook and, and you go to the official Gateway Runners page. And when you're there, you can see some of the really incredible stuff that uh, you guys have on there. And uh, how many issues exactly have you done so far?
2: Well, it, the book will be four issues. Uh, what has come out so far is a zero issue. Now, the zero issue is essentially the first eight pages. Actually, sorry first seven pages of the number one issue, and then a pin-up. Um, we put that out because people are kind of uh, itching to see a little bit of it, and uh, I had an opportunity to do it, so I went for it. So really, the first issue um, hasn't come out yet, but it will be coming out crossed fingers in uh, early summer.
1: Now, is this something that you'll be taking to, say, a, a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo where people can pledge or donate?
2: Well, it's it's interesting. Uh, Before Aaron was part of the project, I had another artist, um, and we did a Kickstarter. Um, I did not do very well in the Kickstarter. We went down in flames. Uh, And and part of that was me budgeting poorly. And so as a result, we lost that artist, and Aaron jumped on. Um, I think we will be doing another Kickstarter – I'm sorry, another fundraiser. I think we might avoid Kickstarter because I like the idea of uh, like Indiegogo or GoFundMe, where whatever you make, you actually keep. Because uh, honestly, no matter what happens, this book is coming out. If I have to get like two jobs to to make this book happen, you will see this book in the summer of next of this year.
1: Yeah, I actually, I I totally understand where you're coming from with that. Speaking personally, I mean, I've had to basically go five conventions i was really looking forward to attending this year to kind of you know try and get uh, some of the stuff i have got coming up uh, really soon here out there but it's more worth it to me to keep these people paid and have them working with me enjoying the process so that i can build a positive future and a positive uh rapport with them so that we can you know do more things in the future not just do this and be done uh but you know yeah it, it's absolutely something where I, I can attest to that and when, when you get to the point where you know you're, you're saying oh yeah you know i might have to get a second job or whatever I mean, I mean, that just shows your dedication, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, um, Aaron and uh, Aaron's actually working with with his wife on the book. They're they're doing everything except for the writing, so it, it's amazing. And they're being very patient with me. They're doing the work now. We're getting the book out, and and honestly, you know, we're waiting for that that fundraiser to happen, or you know, going to the next step, which would be me, you know, giving blood and selling my children. But uh, either way, yeah, it's <laughs> going to take. Because to me, even more important than getting the book out is making sure my team is getting paid getting paid for their work. Because you know you've seen it. I'm sure you have. Well, you had an interesting discussion on your your social network page today about this kind of thing. So many people <laughs> are like, "Come on, let's just do a book. We'll do a book. We'll pay in the back end." Yeah, that's not
1: gonna happen. Yeah, and, and you no know, actually. End. It's funny. <laughs> no, there's not really, and it's <laughs> uh, it, it's funny because when all that happened, I actually uh, was finally able to uh, sit back, talk to some of the people I've been collaborating with. Uh, make sure everybody was happy that they got paid, when they got paid. I apologize to people that it took a while. But generally, everybody has been happy working with me, specifically because I go out of my way to give them the utmost respect and to try to you know be the guy that they don't have to worry about, oh, is he going to pay me? Oh, is he going to give me this? Is he going to get scripts on time? Is he going to do that? And, you know, again, that comes back to dedication.
2: Well, that's it. And that's uh, one of the reasons I am so, so happy having Aaron in the project is uh, he's as psyched about the project as I am. Um, I love the world. I love the story. Uh, I'm in love with these characters, and, and to see him br- having that same dedication makes me know that this is going to be the best project we can put out. And when the fourth issue is done and, and I'm holding the trade paper back in my hands, I'll know it's been worth it. I, you know, From my hospital bed, I will I will
1: clap. <laughs> Well, I will say this because uh, you mentioned you mentioned Kitty, and I love Kitty. Kitty, she's such a sweetheart. Aaron too, you know, I love them both. They're they're such amazing people. And uh, actually, if uh, if any of you guys have a chance, go to uh, the GoFundMe. There's one for Aaron uh, and his family. Uh, they're looking for some uh, you know help, just like I'm looking for some help uh, getting some tables and. Stuff like that for uh, comic cons and stuff. So uh, you know, if you guys are willing to support me, please support them. Uh, but it's funny, you know, you mentioned uh, as soon as you mentioned Katie, the first thing I think of is at first uh, I I didn't realize that she was working on the book. So when I saw the posted cover of the Zero Gateway Runners, it just says Pierce Hoyle Pierce. I contacted immediately and said, "Man, you got such an ego on your name on their place." <laughs> He's like, no, 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 dude, that's Kitty. I'm like, oh man, I feel so stupid. He's like, don't worry about it. I've had like three people say that already. Uh, I still say we should, since,
2: since really, it's it's Aaron. I think, I, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's him doing pencils, Kitty doing inks and colors, and then he's coming back and doing the lettering. So I think they should actually be on there four times,
1: but that might be a little confusing. <laughs> no, I think given the uh, given the flow, I think it fits pretty well. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, actually you wait, know what? Kitty had editor credits too. Ah uh, crap, five times. Five, yes. Yeah. They're just, they're a, a five-time threat, you know, like you put them on a book, you know that they're going to deliver.
2: Yeah, you know what's awesome? Here here's here's my favorite thing about Kitty when the project was still with the first artist, uh who by the way is an amazing artist. Uh her name is uh, Ashley Lanny Hoy and she was the original person and that would have been an awkward cover page too. What is that Hoyle and Hoy? And and that's like did they miss a letter? Is he on there twice? But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm doomed to have a, a silly credits page. But uh, anyway, when when she was she she had to leave the project. Um, before that happened, Kitty was actually editing the book actively. Uh, she just did it. She just offered to do it. She's like, let me look at your story. So she was actually the the first of the Pierce's to jump on uh, Gateway Runners.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because uh, before I even knew much about Aaron, I knew about uh, Gateway Runners, and I I was really talking to him a lot about – because I had seen his art, and I was – you know, I didn't want to start approaching – because I've really only been doing, you know, for about a year now, a little over a year I've been pursuing trying to get books made, but it was because I got a lot of really good advice from some really good professional creators – and I contacted Aaron, and he was one of the first people that just went out of his way and just sat down and said, Look, man, this is what you've got to do. And he laid everything out for me, almost the same way a lot of the other ones did, like Perez and all of them. And he did it in such a way, and he was so friendly and nice about it. And he even said to me, He said, You know, I've got something going on right now, but, you know, I could slap together a cover for you. And he did a cover for my, my book, Gallant, and it was just recently colored, finally, after months and months and months of it just being, you know, inked and penciled, uh, that Aaron did. And he did a fantastic job. And then seeing the colors, he even said to me, He's like, wow, man, that looks pretty amazing. And I said, I know, I, I, I can't wait to get this published because I'm so proud of it. And it, it stands for, you know, kind of our friendship, too, because, you know, he really went out of his way for me. He didn't have to do that. He gave me a great deal. And he was busy. It just goes to show, you know, what kind of a professional he really is.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and I saw that cover, and oh, my gosh, I I kind of want to just, like, turn the horse into a space horse and steal the cover from my book. It, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, in truth oh, I told them I said I what I, what we originally were supposed to do was we did the Gallant kickstarter and it didn't succeed but you know we really didn't uh have a lot of awareness at the, at that time and we had just run the kickstarter for vapor so you know we were kind of tied with uh you know funding and stuff like that and uh you know just the fact that it didn't happen I I didn't want to not use that cover so I went to, you know, one of the new colorists that I'm working with, Brian Arfel uh, Magne, I think he, is how you say his name. Uh, he, amazing colorist. So as, as you know, you've seen the, the, uh, the colors that he did for it. And it just it blew me away. And I, I was like, I, I can't believe this. This just looks incredible. And then I sent it to Aaron right away. And he's like, he's like, oh, that looks so amazing. And within not even 10 minutes, he sent me, dude, people are blowing up. I'm sending it to my friends, and they're all blown away with this. He's like, are we using it? And I said, are you kidding me? Does a baby shit in a diaper? <laughs> now, well, let
2: me ask you, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it on you, I'm going to be like the interviewee. Um, what's up with this book? Is it, is it coming out sometime soon? Are you waiting for funding?
1: Well, what we've been or, doing is, we we've, well, for Gallant, the problem was we failed with the Kickstarter, so uh, a lot of the problem was the Kickstarter needed a lot of money, and the reason it needed a lot of money was because the team I assembled is an a, all-professional team, and they all have kind of high rates, So it's hard for me to, um, you know, kind of like step in there and suddenly just be like, yeah, okay, I can pay for everything. Because, you know, I I don't have a lot of money, and I'll be the first to admit that. I'm, you know, using mostly my savings just to, uh, you know, pay for the team. And then, you know, you have to worry about printing and stuff like that. So, you know, it was kind of doomed from the beginning because I really didn't have it set up the way I needed it to be. However, it's set up pretty well now to where uh, I have a new team on there, a new artist, a new inker, new everything. And they're going to do it at a much cheaper rate, and we're going to do it as a graphic novel instead. But in the meantime, we've got Vapor Number One coming out. It's literally going to press any day now uh, to print, and we should be putting—I'd say—in the next three weeks, we should be putting the other book to print, which is the No Gravity Studio Special. Now, the special is going to have Aaron's uh, his pinup in there, but I'm hoping that through the Kickstarter or through Indiegogo, whatever we decide to do, we can get enough funding to throw Aaron's uh, uh, pinup as a cover. So instead of just being for the eventual gallant book, it'll be for this spe- special, which we'll have already covered by famous uh, artist El Garza, uh, Laura Braga, who, who's drawing, uh, gosh, where is she drawing right now? Captain Marvel, Iron Man, and uh, wow. uh, Witchblade. So, I mean, there's just huge names going out there. And speaking of huge names, do we finally have Aaron Pierce on the line? Oh, you might. Aaron, yeah. Okay, well, this,
0: this, this is this, this is this what us famous huge names do, right? We show up late and,
1: and and act like jerks. Well, it's okay though because you know we're not a colonoscopy, so you don't have to worry about being late. <laughs> we'll stay open for you, man.
0: <laughs> I, I approve. I like it. I like it. Well, you, you,
1: I want to get your opinion on something here because we we've already talked about this. That cover that Brian uh, threw those colors on for you. We both think it was amazing, but I, I, how great is that going to be if we can reach the Kickstarter goal to where we can make that a cover? Because I, I just, I, I love it so much. It's now my screensaver on my computer.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to touch myself just a little bit looking at that cover. Um, now he did. He did a phenomenal job. That looked way better than <laughs> in my my you know my mind. I, I I did not see it looking that good when it was finished. It was it was great. So yeah, I, I totally agree. I'd love to see that as the front cover of a book.
1: Well, you know, me and Gene were talking a little bit about the collaborative process, you know, and uh, all the things that you and Kitty do for the book. And it, it's funny because with Brian, you know, I, I just told him, I said, here, I want you to color this. I didn't say anything else. I just said color it. He went on that. So the fact that he he went totally out opposite of what I was even thinking in my head, and he went with a nighttime thing, and he totally just blew that cover away. I, I, I'm Honestly, I think that cover stands up with any professional cover I've seen out there to date.
0: Oh, I agree.
2: Yeah, looks good. Yeah, Aaron's like, yeah, I'm badass.
0: I'm like, yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say, I mean, I might be a little biased, but yeah, absolutely. Although, let's
1: talk a little bit Aaron more about the horse. Oh, you know, that's one thing. That's one thing he told me was he's like, I don't know how great I'm going to do on this horse.
2: Well, I'm, I'm glad he did well with the horse because, uh, yeah, I don't know if he knows it yet, but there's a. Uh, a robot horse in issue four of Runners, and I was a little afraid of putting that in there. But now I have great confidence.
0: You, you, you <laughs> need to be like Kitty used to be when we did when we did the Ten to Midnight web comic. time I'd be like, "Damn it, Kitty, I can't, I can't draw this. I'm not good at this." She'd be like, "Okay, the next five pages would be like wall to wall that thing." <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> Done.
2: I'm gonna rework well, this. script. You know,
1: it, and you know that's the thing everybody when you're, when you're working over. on an independent. When you're working on an independent comic book, wouldn't you guys agree, and and, and what are your opinions on this, that you have, I I think, a better relationship with the people you're collaborating with because you don't have that huge editorial monster of a DC, a Marvel, or a big-name company like that hovering over you, kind of stifling the process, and in my opinion, stifling the creative process because one thing that I love to do in my scripts, speaking personally, is I like to leave them a little open so that the artist has any room, so that I'm descriptive in what I want to see, but not... So descriptive that I take away their part of the collaborative process and their creativity portion to where they can visualize and take what I'm writing down in words and put that on paper and make it look eye appealing and want to draw the readers in.
2: Aaron, I'm going to let you go first on this because I have something very, very uh, important about this topic. So you go first.
0: <laughs> oh, you saying I'm don't? What, what, what the hell, Jane? I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> it's a nightmare. No, you, you go first.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I I agree with that completely. I think the very nature of the process requires you to be like really good friends with the people you're working with. Um, I, I've worked in in situations before where we're, we were working with a publisher of sorts, um, and when you have that additional input and that additional piece, and they're kind of you know, scrutinizing it, well, nah, we can't really do that. Don't we want to do that? Let's change this. Let's not do that. It really, it, it does, it baffles you a lot. You're like, I really think it would be cool if we did this. No, I don't want that. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it, it's really great. And especially, and, and, it's, and yeah, here's the part where I suck up on the show. Working with Gene has been cool because he he does write a lot like you where it, it is very open-ended. And then in addition to that, I can always go to him and say, hey, Gene, this doesn't work. <laughs> can I am different? And then, you know, he lets me he lets me have a lot of freedom. And it does make it a lot more fun to draw. And um, so far, I think he's been happy with everything. But he has something important to say, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
2: every every time Aaron <laughs> changes something on my page, he doesn't get paid for that page. That, that's how I work that.
0: <laughs> but I've changed <laughs> every page so far, Dean. <laughs> that, that,
2: that's why the books gonna come out on time. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, I I am, and I have no problem calling myself this. I am a total rookie at, at writing comics. I've done it for a while, but I've never actually done it to the point where I started producing a book until this. Uh, I worked editing a few books with with, with uh, my buddy over at uh, Awesome Comics, Seek Donnelly. We did Soul Star and stuff like that. But uh, this was the first time I was, I was really into the process. And I really thought that my descriptions were too much. And I'm glad that they weren't for Aaron. There is a page in the book, which actually, if you have the zero issue, which a couple of you might, um, on page four, there's a scene, and I, basically I wrote it's a scene where uh, the guy goes into an elevator and he's talking on his little personal assistant, and then he gets out of the elevator. It should be a pretty boring scene. It's dialogue heavy. It's it's a kind of garbage I like to write, um, and I have people coming in, in on and off the elevator in the scene, and that's all I describe. One person gets off, another person gets on, just to kind of so when the one important character shows up, means something. Aaron turned this into the funniest page of the book. Uh, He's got, like, one person (laughs) taking pictures with his smartphone. He's got a mother holding her kid's eyes because the person was just naked. Uh, He turned the page into the funniest thing. And I look at this page, and I'm like, I didn't write any of this. It was great. A a good artist will will take a a mediocre script and make it excellent. And luckily, I have an excellent artist for my (laughs) mediocre script.
0: Well, you also have a good script, so.
1: All right, thank you, well, you know you guys have obviously uh you know four issues coming out of of the series uh can you give us like a little bit of like an idea of what we can expect without you know like giving away too much um I mean you don't have to really go into too much detail, but uh kind of give us like a almost like a movie trailer
2: okay cool all right so <laughs> the way the way I have it set up is each issue initially was gonna focus on one character for for the four issues um so one, in issue one, you'll see it's almost entirely uh, this young man named Phil and Anton. Um, issue two is a very big focus on you. First, the first time you meet the whole team, and there's a character named Felicia, um, and she is the most amazing thing I've ever written. I love her. I would I would marry her if my girlfriend wouldn't kill me. But uh, the, I'm not really telling the story here. But but anyway, eventually the events of issue one lead the team to get together. Um, there's a few obstacles in their way to keep, to bring Mars and Earth together. It, it's almost hard to to get into it too much without spoiling stuff. Aaron, can you you want to you want to give it a try?
0: I can do it in my movie preview, guys, boys. I'm kidding. Do it in the um, world. <laughs> <in laughs> world. This summer. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's. Um, uh, gonna, what do you want to do? A Thirty second elevator pitch? Is that what you're looking for?
2: This yeah. weekend go on Fox.
0: <laughs> uh, it's uh, it, it's it's basically the the I'm gonna butcher this. No, Gene, you go. <laughs> okay,
2: okay, because I cause I, cause I need to sell this book so I can actually eat next year. Uh, I'll try to I'll try to do <laughs> the elevator pitch.
0: I panic on <laughs> elevator pitches. I'm sorry, I'm an artist. A hey, very uh, <laughs> for,
2: for the really quick elevator pitch is is I, I consider this kind of like. Um, uh, Star Wars meets Last Starfighter, which, you know, obviously gives it a real 80-70 type feel to it, uh, which I try to put in there. Um, but the basic pitch is the two worlds are separated. These unique individuals have the ability to bring them together. And between the uh, the Earth Army Force, a mysterious creature that lurks in their minds and betrayal from within, they may or may not survive the four issues. Um, that that's the big part of it it's also at, at its heart it's a love story between two of the characters who have known each other from across the planet, the worlds through this mind melt they have um, and they meet and neither one is what the other expects so that, that causes some tension and some, some interesting moments in the book is that correct Aaron? Is
0: that, wow. good? that is correct and it is also awesome and very fun
2: would you buy that book now?
0: yes, yeah. yeah, you should go buy the book Although Thank the artist fuck. sucks. I mean, the writers are amazing, with the artists. Nobody likes them.
2: Well, from what I hear, he's on soon anyway. Oh, whoops. Oh,
0: okay, good. Wait a second, what? Damn it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's funny. that it, it, uh, you, you, you haven't been there from the inception, but now I can't imagine a book without you, so you're kind of stuck for four issues. <laughs> All right. And I won't tell so you that. here's the
1: question. Yes? No, 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 go ahead.
2: What I was going to say is, uh, as an indie guy, it's, I think it's important if you're going to be doing the comic shows and you have a book, there has to be a finite amount of issues because uh, – <laughs> pardon me, sorry, um fighting a cold. Because if you tell someone, I have a 36-issue story, you're never going to get those 36-issues out of this guy. It's impossible. <laughs> so that's why That's why I tell everyone it's a four-issue story. Um, but I'll be honest with you, there's, there's 12 issues in my head, but it's only four. Well, if you read the first four, it's a complete story
0: but there's more. It's a trilogy.
1: Well, you know, that raises a good question, and that's what I was going to ask, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I I, I think that something, especially something like this, is rarely being done. And I specifically, I I know, Gene, you've got a good uh, mindset, I believe, for this industry, and I think that you can read between the BS and you really have a good grasp on, you know, how you can be successful, you just need to get there. And I think that with me, I noticed a lot of people who get into the industry have this kind of, and, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this earlier in the social media, they have a tendency to think that, you know, it's kind of an easy process, but, you know, if if you get lucky enough and you have something that is a book that is, is beloved and it's an indie book and, you know, you've got people from all over that are, you know, Word of mouth, getting it out there and bragging about this book. Eventually, you're going to have you know some you know big name publishers coming your way. So is this something that you guys would ever even consider letting a, a big name company publish and you know possibly uh, you know put on editorial garbage on you, um, knowing that it's 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 your baby?
2: I would prefer that never happen, but I'm also a realist, and if if they offer me a gazillion dollars to to do my book, I'd probably take it just to make sure that everyone was compensated. With the uh, uh-huh. you know the agreement that uh, that that uh, that the team stays intact and uh, and uh, they can't tell me to change like something like bring in some elephants you know any crap like that so the answer is probably no then because they're never going to agree to those terms.
0: Well, and I think so too, it is there? On, um, it... Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, I was going to say I think I think too it depends on um, it depends on which publisher it is. Um, like I, you know Marvel and DC are going to be much more. Prone to be like you can't do this, you can't do that, you have to do this. Whereas if we go with with image, if we go with like even IDW or something like something like that, they they're generally are a lot more friendly with their creative teams. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, I know, think. Uh, it, it, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead.
1: I like to talk a lot over people. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> uh, that's, that's, exactly that's I like the it. delay we get. We get a we get a delay because we're so many states away. Is what it is. Gotcha.
2: Um, but but yeah, the, the the thing is, I would absolutely consider publishing it under another company if the circumstances were right. I prefer not to. Um, actually, I I kind of had an opportunity for runners to go under a different company's name, sort of, kind of, a small company, but um, not like you know anything you've ever heard of. But I kind of passed on it because I want to do this book myself. I really want to work with other companies, both local and, and and national, but I want this first book to be mine. Uh, I want to say I did it I, I want to earn my my wink you know that's that's the goal I know like uh, one of the people I really look up to in comics Justin Jordan who does uh, uh, the Luther Strode stuff and at one point was writing like 96 books of DC um, he put out Luther Strode he's like I'm doing this I think mean, he did it through image granted but uh, he kind of you know just strapped himself up wrote his book and put it out and, and it got him into good places so I kind of want to do this by myself and, and pursue other things
1: Well, do you think that, because it raises an interesting question, because whether or not, you know, you you ever decide to take it to another company, it doesn't mean that it's out of the realm of possibility that you'll create something different, and then possibly want to cross them over. Is that is that something that would ever be a consideration for you guys? If you ever, you know, for some reason, you wanted to do something else and thought, hey, you know, we could cross these over. I mean, is that something that you think is like, kind of like breaking (laughs) that taboo that a lot of creators are like, oh, no, 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 stay away from that?
0: I, because I, I, Angel is I, I, perfectly cool in Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: <laughs> I love shared universe uh,
2: stuff. And um, actually, it's funny because for no reason other than I felt there was a story to write, uh, I wrote a, um, I'm wrote writing a, a prequel to Runners that takes place 12 years before the first issue, where one of the characters is in jail for murder. And I, I really wanted to explore the, the emotional place that character was in um, and originally I didn't know what I was going to do with the story I just wanted to write it because I needed to get it into my head and, and now I've decided that um, I'm going to be printing them digitally it's going to be 5 pages per issue so when Gateway Runners 1 comes out there will be 5 pages of this story uh, out online for free and then with issue 2 there will be 5 more pages finally telling a 20 page story that's set before Runners so that's, that's kind of there and um, I'd, I'd be all for Crossing Over if it makes sense to the story
1: Aaron, you still alive?
0: <laughs> I'm still alive.
1: <laughs> Aaron, are you still alive?
0: Over. Am I still alive?
1: Aaron,
0: over. Can you guys hear me?
2: Is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> anybody there?
1: Aaron's on I need, Fox.
2: I need a grown-up.
0: Nope. <laughs> can, can,
1: can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me?
2: <laughs> oh, we can hear you. Okay. We should do a Gallant a Gallant, uh, Gateway Runners crossover. I think that's the
1: two universes that are born to be together.
0: Oh, well, that would be awesome.
1: Well, you know, it, this is just a little inside information. I mean, it's not going to be any more for anybody that listens to this show. But uh, we eventually I, – when I wrote these stories, I wrote them all except for Light Earth. I wrote that literally when I was eight years old. But I wrote Gallant and I wrote uh, Vapor when I was 13. And all three of those stories I've used in creative writing classes and in plays and things and all those different courses I had through junior high and high school, and I always got nothing but positive reviews. And I always got positive reviews for uh, the maps. I used to always draw, like, uh, maps of light earth and, like, maps of the different, uh, you know, continents and stuff like that with fully detailed, you know, uh, forests and stuff and where the cities were and the names and everything. And, you know, my geography teacher, for example, once he told me, he's like, you know, you really need to put a novel together. So that's what I did. I started working all those stories I had – You know, just written down as ideas and stuff with a little bit of dialogue. I wrote them as novels, and now that's my main problem more than funding is that I have, you know, these filing cabinets filled with ideas that, you know, are all put into novels that now have to be broken down into script form.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a job. That is why back in the
1: 90s. Well, back in the 90s, you know, making your own comic was a lot harder than it is today. I mean, unless you wanted to just put out, like, little ash cans. Yeah. Sure,
0: well, I told absolutely. You about, I told you about Kitty. We, we did a... we did a. It, it probably would have equated out to about eight issues um, of a webcomic we called 10 to Midnight. And we, she had decided she was going to go back and write that as a novel. And she, I think she got about halfway through it or quarterly or like through it or something. And uh, she kept being like, I don't, I can't, this has to be a book. It has to be a comic book. I can't do this as a novel. <laughs> and I think, it, I think it took her two, three weeks to actually get that condensed back down to a comic book strip. So that, that's it's really hard to do, I understand.
1: Well, and, and the worst part is, is that I never wanted to do it as a novel anyway. And, you know, George Perez had told me back in 99, he said to me, if you want to make a comic book, you make a comic book. It's that simple. And that's all he said to me. And he bought me lunch. He bought me and my wife lunch. Uh, Amazing guy. Uh, And, you know, I took that advice and, you know, I kind of sat on it because I I really didn't think. Not that I knew he was, he knew what he was talking about. But, I mean, anybody can agree that right now uh, social media is a million times better than it was back then. So it's so much easier to not only contact artists and writers and collaborate with people, but it's a lot easier to get your stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, it,
0: Absolutely. It, it, it's kind of funny because people think of these guys, get into the star mentality with these guys. And all I can't talk to them; they're famous. And they're usually just pretty normal guys, you know. I, I, I'm Facebook friends with Rags Morales and, and Brad Walker and Derek Donovan, and I mean, it's just like, what's up, dude? Hey, I saw this. It's funny. Look, I tagged you in it. what I mean, it's like they're, they're really, they're really cool guys. It's not, uh, it's not really that heart And even I think I was telling Gene about this the other night. I posted up a, a picture. You know that song "Cups" that was on the radio forever. Oh yeah! Like everybody was singing the damn song. Um, I, I I like it. I'm not gonna lie. I have a big crush on the 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 kinder girl that sings it. So that's just I'm gonna lay that right out. I, yeah, I like her. Anyway, I just <laughs> up on my Facebook wall. And the next thing I know, you know, a couple of my friends liked it. One of them like, yeah, it's a good sign. And next thing I know, freaking Tim Sale, boom. Hey, this is awesome. Have you seen the movie? It's such a cool movie. I forgot I'd even friended him like months ago. And
1: I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It's funny you mention that about friends because for some reason, uh, for a, I think like a, a week or two stretch, I was getting all these people contacting me saying, hey, why did you erase me off Facebook? We were friends and now we're not friends anymore. I just noticed and I'm like, I didn't unfriend you. Trust me, if I unfriended you, I wouldn't even be answering you right now. (laughs) Right.
2: And Gene's one of them. It's so funny. He's like, like, weren't we friends already? And I'm like,
1: yeah, we should have been.
2: Facebook did that to a lot of people. Within the last two or three months, Facebook exploded and took away a lot of my friends. And sometimes it's really awkward because I'll I'll be like, hey, whatever happened to this chick? And I'll go on my Facebook and she's not there. And I'm like, well,. I guess I was a creep or something. And then, uh, you know, I'm like, that's not the case, because I've learned two or three times it was Facebook doing its thing. Apparently, if you don't interact yeah, with someone m- for X period of time, they're going to dump your ass.
1: It, well, it, it's messed up, too, because, you know, like, I have – and this is the truth, okay? I have about – I think I have like just under 500 friends on Facebook, and I can guarantee you that I don't even like interact with at least like 400 of them because they like don't interact with me. So I I just can't sit there and waste my time reading posts from people that aren't interested in anything I'm doing. Like why am I interested in them? And at that point, I'll just let them go. But if you're a friend of mine, I'm keeping you for a reason. You know, I'm at least interested in what you're doing. So for me to let you go, if I contact you right back and say, hey, I don't know why you got erased, then trust me. Take me for my word. That's the truth. Because I would never delete somebody that I enjoy uh, their work, because that's the point of Facebook in the first place. If you like what somebody's doing, you follow them. Yep. Sure. Sure. Well,
2: I'll tell you, Facebook's kind of my my Facebook page is is kind of a special pay- place, and I think Aaron all test it. And you've run in this yourself. I actively encourage debate, and it gets heated sometimes. And I just I just usually just let it go because I like that. I like people like voicing their opinions as long as it doesn't become too douchey, you know. And, um, so that's why I, I kind of get upset when I lose someone. So I'm like, did I say something or, and I'm sorry, there's an airplane flying overhead. So there might be, no, it's not too bad. It, does it sound bad?
1: No, hear. No, no. All right. I, I, I get what you're saying too, because it's happened to me plenty of times where somebody, you know, they'll get mad at you because, you know, you made a comment and then they commented and you didn't comment back right away. So they take that like offensively, like you, Oh, they're not worth my time or, Oh, they're just too stupid enough. You know, and I don't, you know, I'm not gonna waste my time. You know, I have problems with the people that literally will post, like, pictures of dead babies and pictures of, like, oh. decapitated soldiers. That kind of stuff, that's what I don't want to see. And I'll warn the person first. I'll say, I don't want to see anything like this again, or I will let you go. I'm not trying to be rude, but I just don't want to see it on my feed. It's that simple. Yeah, I got, You know, but I'm like, not a total jerk too. about it. I don't call people out. You know, it, it's just the drama that I don't – I just try to stay away from that. Yeah. yeah, I've gotten rid of three people off my Facebook
2: in, like, the entire time I've had it. Uh, two of them was what were a whole silly situation that happened. The third one I feel guilty about to this day because I, I kind of had this I have this weird nerdy pressure point uh, when when people start talking shit about Hank Pym too much I get angry and if uh, I post it up on the wall you know it, I, you want you want to make waste beater jokes about Hank Pym, please do it on your page not mine so this guy had to chime in and make like three Hank Pim jokes so I shit canned them from my Facebook
1: uh,
2: yeah I feel bad about it to this day because we have a lot of common friends.
1: Well, no, I know you're, where you're coming from uh, with that because I just recently was accused of being a chauvinistic, uh, sexist pig just because I shared a Tim Vigil picture, which was him drawing pretty much the exact same thing that Mil- Milano drew for his Spider Woman cover. Only, you know, <laughs> you could clearly see the, you know, the the vag and the, you know, the butt crack and everything through the spandex. And it was the reason I shared it was I took it as an artistic freedom and i was supporting that and supporting the fact that marvel started all that crap intentionally and then kind of sat back and just you know let it happen So, you know, those were my intentions, but it offended a couple of people. And I apologize to them, and I still to this day will apologize for offending them. I did not mean to offend anybody. That's never my intention. But to then have, like, five, six different people blasting me all over Facebook, calling me a sexist pig, accusing me of, you know, know, all kinds of different things that, you know, first of all, you know nothing about me. Second of all, you know, you're reading a Facebook post and judging someone. So what does that say of you? Um, But, you know, just... It just shows that, you know, you have to be careful in social media because, you know, people get all bent out of shape over misunderstandings. And even once I explained, hey, you know, that's not what it was, you know, intended for, and I still apologize, I was still getting crap. And I said, all right, you know what, that's the point where I'm just going to block somebody. I don't need to be getting slandered all over Facebook just because you don't like the fact that I like, you know, women's bodies and I'm, you know, okay with artistic freedom.
0: Well, Uh, That whole thing with Milo Minaro was so silly anyway because it's like, the 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 think about who the guy is, <laughs> think about what he normally does. You're gonna get a sexy cover, but it wasn't it wasn't really that bad. All right, maybe the butt crack was a little overemphasized, but really, all that crazy anger over a comic book cover.
2: Well, here's, here's the the best part about this is, is, and I guess most people don't realize it, but there is a set of posters. And I'm not sure if they're still out. Maybe they pulled them but when I, two years ago when I was working at a comic shop we had them in they did a Women of X-Men series it was, they were all by Milo and they were all sexy as hell and no one, no one had a problem with that it's the internet it, they choose what's going to be the hot point and that's it it's like boom like uh, I actually posted something today on my Facebook trying to see if I could rile people up which I don't do very often but uh, it's a picture of uh, the character from, from the recent era episodes his name is Brick he's the new villain I guess on the show and I posted a picture of him from the comic because in the comic he's he's very clearly a black man, and in the in the TV show he's very clearly not. And I'm like, why was this not the button pushing issue today? And uh, <laughs> no one seems to care.
1: Well, you know, yeah. I liken it to you know, I liken it to you know these people getting pissed about it. I liken it to somebody that you know contacts Ron Jeremy and says, hey, I want you to be in my next film, but then they get pissed off when he shows that butt ass naked to the you know to the set.
0: <laughs> I said, I would just laugh okay, about that. You Maybe I should have been more clear.
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like you know you knew what you were getting when you hired him. you knew there was going to be some kind of controversy because he's you know always getting crap from feminists, and you know I've said this before, and i 'll say it again. you know I agree with some of the feminist philosophies that i've read, but i 'm not going to be a fanatic about it and let it you know dominate every aspect of life, just like i wouldn't let right. racial issues or um ethnic issues or any, anything you know uh, religious any, any of that stuff i don 't let that come between me and my friends. I try to let people debate and, and do all that stuff, but once Name calling starts, and then you know people start you know throwing out threats and stuff like that. That's where I gotta cut it, you know. And that's what seems to happen with a lot of these debates.
2: I'm I'm actually really curious uh, because issue two of Runners, as I mentioned, focuses on one particular character. She happens to be a female, and she has uh, an interesting twist to her character. And I'm wondering if I'll get a lot of crap for her story. Uh, The few females that I've I've, I've sent the script to have really liked it and been really receptive to it, but I'm expecting some slack. I think
1: we'll see it, and
0: I'll just blame it on Aaron. Here's my vote.
1: Well, you know, actually, Aaron, uh, I, I'm sure you can uh, attest to this. I don't know if you remember or not, because it was you know, almost a year ago that we, we had this discussion. But one uh, when the, of when the, when the first things I said to you when you were going to draw that cover, uh, do you remember what it was that I told you I did not want to see?
0: Uh, tits and asses, I believe.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. That was exactly what no, I told him. No I said, ass this ass is ass ass the character... <laughs> yes, I said this is a character who is supposed to be a 19-year-old, but is an immortal and has been around for, you know, millennia and, you know, is an intelligent person, but right now is, you know, an amnesiac. But I don't want her to be a sexualized superhero. That's not what she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be like a role model for, you know, young women, especially because, you know, she's done some bad stuff in the past, and then once she remembers all that, it's the process. That's what the whole series was supposed to be about, the process of her redeeming herself and going from a girl to being a woman again. And, you know, you can't confuse that a lot of times with tits and ass because it just confuses the issue, and I didn't want that. But, you know, apparently I'm a big sexist pig, you know, even though that was my stance on it. Yeah,
2: I think it's going to be misconstrued really fast um, As I mentioned, the, the first artist on Runners, Ashley Did a, um, a cover And it was a p- cover of the uh, the character Felicia In a jumpsuit that covered her toes to her neck And someone told me it was a sexualized picture When I put it up on a Facebook page I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Uh, I'm showing more skin right now Sitting outside smoking a cigarette than this woman was on this cover, but I still got crap for it. There are always gonna be people that jump on you every time you do a woman. They're so afraid that a, a man's doing a woman in a book. That that's not gonna be right. It, it's a shame.
0: Yeah, neither. You know, I mean, it, there's this there's, there's a hot book thing right now. It's a real big thing, you know, where it's like, oh, that's your your, success, your this, you're this, you're that, because you did this way or you did that way. And it's really it's not being a feminist. It's just being angry. I mean, I I listened to, uh, I don't know if you guys did or not, but I listened to Emma Watson's speech at the UN the other day about, like, real feminism and the he-for-she movement and stuff. And it's very cool because it is equality. She wants gender equality, and I think that's what's more important. Um, But what a lot of people want is gender inequality. Um, And I I think, uh, you guys remember the, um, the, the Batgirl cosplayer that was running around asking, like, all these, like, you know, very very sexist-fueled uh, questions at the cons to all the different panels, sure. like a year or two ago now. Um, yes, yeah. right. very she, well. She, she, you're right. she came in to Dan DiDio and uh, Jim Lee doing a, a, a panel, and she got all irate about the lack of women in the comic book industry. Which, it's funny to me, because at that time Gail Simone was writing Batgirl and everybody was just absolutely enamored with her. Um... But she came in and just, and just pitched them out and everything. And she asked him, why, why are they not more women? Why don't more women work? And and Jim, Jim had, had the best response. He was like, to be honest with you, they don't generally draw our style. It's not a matter of them not being good artists or them not being talented or or, or that we don't want them because they're women. They are very talented and, and they can draw quite well, but they draw a cartoonish or more of a Disney kind of style. And we don't want to or can't draw the moralistic, gritty d c style, so we don't hire them <laughs> It was
1: just it yeah, was such and, a- and you know this- there's a there's a, there's a thing out there for some reason that exists where uh, for some reason people don't see that there's women that draw these covers too. You know, a lot of these women they also draw sexualized covers of women. And you know, the last mm. thing I'll say on this subject, I don't mean to, uh, to cut it off, but uh, you know, we're, we're almost out of time. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, but the last thing I'll say on it is a quote from the late great George Carlin, and uh, I love George Carlin, always have, always will. Even though I don't agree with all of his philosophies, one of the funniest things he ever said was. Uh, how you know he agrees with some feminists and he thinks that you know it should be you know uh you know uh, somebody that's like a a male person instead of a male man it should be male person but then you know they want to go so fanatical about it sometimes they want you to call him david letter person
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's not right <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, but, you know, that's something that I'm sure we can always talk about again. Um, unfortunately, we're almost out of time here. Uh, my amazing co-host, the all-star Amazon, Sarah Summers, was not with us this week. Uh, she scares the hell out of me, especially when she tells me I can't be on the show because I have to dig the graves. <laughs> There's nothing scary about that's that. one moment woman I, and she, she's like, hey, French, come on down, and, you know, we'll get in the ring together. Hell no!
0: <laughs>
1: I'd like to be able to drive home.
0: Overrated, man. That's overrated. Broken spines. <laughs> That's what you're looking for.
1: Well, Sarah Sarah's awesome, and, uh, you know, she couldn't make it with us this week. Um, so we uh, we actually had to cancel our other guest. Uh, we did run a little bit long, but uh, I'm, glad, I'm so glad you guys joined us, and I'm, I'm glad we got to talk more about Gateway Runners. And, uh, actually, if you guys want, you know, in the next uh, few weeks or a few months or whatever before you're ready to release that next issue, let me know. We'll do a special for you guys. Uh, we'll do, like, an hour, two-hour special, whatever you need. And, uh, you know, we'll flush out whatever you want. We'll, you know, promote the crap out of everything, make sure that everybody knows about it. And, uh, you know, we'll plug everything uh, like we'll do right now. So, uh, obviously, you know, you guys want to check out uh, Gateway Runners, check it out on Facebook. Do you guys have a uh, Twitter for that?
2: There's not a a Gateway Runners Twitter. If you go to at Gene Hoyle, that's where I do most of my tweeting. But I'm a bad tweeter. I don't tweet often. But if you go to the the Gateway Runners page on Facebook, I am – I'm there way more than I should be.
0: Yeah, you and I <laughs> both kind of uh, we run we we run that page into the ground, so it's just all good.
1: <laughs> well, I'll yeah, let you, Ed.
0: Woo, Ed! No, there. I'm still here. i still here.
2: Yeah, tell us about yeah, your pages. Where can we find you, sir? <laughs> Where can we find and Aaron book, here?
0: Do a search for Arpie, A-A-R-P-I-E. It should be the page.
2: Is that the you know, Association wow. for Retired People?
0: Huh? Uh, no. A-
2: A-A-R-P? A-A-R-P-
0: <laughs> A-A-R-P-I-E, you jackass. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs>
0: but uh, but from that page, I at links to my website and my Twitter, and my Tumblr, and all that kind of good stuff.
1: I don't think any any of my guests that have ever come back for more than just one show have ever gotten as much guff and got picked on as much as Aaron. <laughs>
0: it's, it's like I it have a
1: big giant target. It's awesome.
2: You said a, turn have, a target episode. <laughs>
1: we do a roast episode for Aaron. That might be fun.
0: That uh, would be fun. <laughs>
1: Well, you know what, guys, we will definitely have you back in the future. Again, I want to thank you both for joining us. Uh, Hopefully next week we'll be joined by Sarah Summers again. And next week is going to be a good week because we're going to have, uh, if I remember correctly, we're going to have Shannon Mayer, uh, the artist who uh, I didn't want to say this already, but uh, I'm in negotiations with him to do a cover for us in the future, which will be amazing. He does a a fantastic job on everything I've ever seen him do. Uh, But again, uh, thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we will see everybody next week. Thanks, Rich. Bye. Bye.